Some of the sermons this year, uh, following our sermon series on Out of the Shadows, come from the lectionary. And some of you are familiar with the lectionary, perhaps if you grew up in a faith tradition that used it every Sunday, but the lectionary is an assigned reading for all the churches um, on a given Sunday around the world. There's actually an assigned reading for every day. And there are three years in the lectionary cycle, and the new year will begin when the new church year begins with the first Sunday of Advent, which is the season leading up to Christmas. But this morning's lectionary reading is from the Gospel of Matthew. And it's interesting because Jesus uses these three short vignettes, really, descriptions, images, of what he says the kingdom of heaven is like. He always uses a simile. And they may be surprising to you because they are commonplace, mundane, every day. But the kingdom of heaven is also sometimes thought of as the kingdom of hope. And Jesus has said many times, the kingdom is near, but not yet. So it's not as if Jesus imagines heaven as someplace far beyond, but the kingdom of heaven, the idea of hope in heaven, is close, but not quite yet. And in that desire for Jesus to orient us to the glimpses of heaven that can be found in our everyday lives, he shares these parables. He put before them, Jesus, another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that someone took and planted in his field. It's the smallest of all the seeds, but when it has grown, it becomes the greatest of shrubs. It becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. Then he told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed in with three measures of flour until all of the bread was leavened. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which someone found and hid. Then, in the person's joy, goes and sells all the person has and buys the field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that is thrown into the sea and caught fish of every kind. This ends the reading from the Gospel of Matthew. And may the Im these images of heaven and hope, which once transformed the disciples' hearts, transform our hearts as well. Will you please rise now, our rising spirit, and let us join our voices together in the two verses of this great old Christian hymn. <laughs>
Nevesel. Will you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of each and every one of our hearts be offered humbly and faithfully. Amen. Years ago, gosh, about 18 or so years ago, our family made a trip to one of those sort of meccas of tourism in North America. We went to Niagara Falls. It was amazing. But it was also, I have to tell you, leading up to it for a few weeks, a source of kind of embarrassment for the family as well, because our youngest at the time, Caroline, was about four, and she was so excited. She always got very excited about trips. And she was constantly telling neighbors, friends, strangers, that she couldn't wait to go on vacation, and they'd say, where are you going? And she kept saying, when we finally overheard it, we decided she'd been watching too much television, because she would tell people we were going to Viagra Falls. We just said, tell people, Caroline, we are going on vacation. But as tourists at Niagara Falls are supposed to do, we rode the Maid of the Mist. That is the boat that takes you out close to the falls, really close to the falls. I mean, it's astonishing. And it's so loud. The falls are roaring. You have to talk like this just to be heard by the person next to you. And you wear raincoats because the mist is just covering you. And while I was standing on the boat, I heard some of the other passengers around me, and their words were almost of a religious quality. I've never seen anything like this, I heard someone said. Another, this is like a miracle. It's so beautiful. It's unbelievable. And one said, I'll never, I'll never forget this. I mean, it was that kind of a moment, memorable, seared into the vivid image of these falls and the sound and the wet. It was, it was amazing. Psychologists oftentimes refer to moments like that as a mountaintop experience. Niagara Falls is a mountaintop, but you know what they mean. And the scripture is replete with mountaintop experiences. Moses goes up to the mountain. Elijah to the mountain. Jesus goes up to the mountain. They encounter the divine on the mountain. But you heard it this morning in those scripture verses from Matthew, right? Jesus begins each of those phrases with the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of hope, is like. Now, if you're anything like me, you might have expected Jesus to complete that, to compare heaven to some place awesome, like, well, Niagara Falls, or, or the purple mountain majesty of having climbed a 14,000-foot mountain in Colorado and stood at the top and thrown open your arms. It's astonishing to do that. You would think Jesus would say the kingdom of heaven, hope, is something unforgettable, a once-in-a-lifetime moment. Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed or yeast that causes bread to rise. The kingdom of heaven is a treasure hidden in a field. Maybe the kingdom of heaven is like a group of individuals or families who are determined to walk even on a cold day to help alleviate the problem of hunger. I mean, is that right? Right? 
I mean, is that what Jesus means? That the kingdom of heaven, hope, is like, well, a seed, a tiny seed that is small or yeast or buried treasure? I mean, isn't that, well, isn't that a little disappointing? I mean, Jesus seems to suggest that what we might call the glory of heaven, the streets that are paved with gold, Jesus says it is as common as an ingredient used by a baker. Or the kingdom of heaven is as imperceptible as the tiny seed which gives to those of us who are true Chicagoans the condiment that we put on our hot dogs. I mean, is this right? I think we can safely assume that Jesus doesn't mean that hope or heaven is insignificant or unmemorable. There must be something here, right? Well, in each of the descriptions of the kingdom of heaven, and there are even more than I read, each of them holds the possibility for something wonderful, something greater than what it is now. A seed becomes a tree, a treasure, treasure out there waiting to be discovered, yeast that takes doughy and lumpy bread into this golden brown gift of life. That'd even be families and individuals about to walk for the sake of others. I mean, each of these images of hope holds out the possibility of something better for tomorrow. There's a remarkable old Jewish tale describing heaven. Maybe it relates to the efforts to walk on the crop walk this day. In this old Jewish story, probably six, seven hundred years old, heaven is described as this remarkable banquet spread out before everyone. All the foods that you could imagine, the fruit and dates and a, a bounty. But here's what you discover when you sit at the table. You can't bend your arm. Now, of course, to be able to feed yourself, you need to be able to bend your arm. But you come to this bountiful table, and your arms are unable to be bent. And so the Jewish story says that you only discover the hope of what heaven is like when you realize that because you can't feed yourself with your arm extended, you can, however, feed the person next to you. And you can be fed by the person next to you. That heaven will not be about serving yourself, but serving the loved one or the stranger who's right next to you. Jesus offers us these glimpses of everyday items that really seemingly surround our lives, but are images of heaven and hope. Maybe if Jesus were here today, he would say, the kingdom of heaven is like a tulip bulb planted yesterday morning on what felt like the first winter day of the year and the anticipation of a tulip bulb in the spring. Or maybe heaven is like a vaccination for your child that may, be elic that may elicit tears this day but provides protection for years to come. Maybe the kingdom of God is like a teacher's class list, which has arrived in the teacher's hand three weeks before classes begin. Or maybe heaven and hope is simply a walk for hunger. The earth, the poet said, 
is crammed full of heaven. But if hope is a glimmer of the kingdom, we also have to remember that hope isn't just blind optimism, that we just simply say, oh, don't worry about it. Everything will turn out fine tomorrow. That isn't hope. And hope isn't certainty, that everything will end up just hunky-dory like a situation comedy on television where everything gets so wrapped up neatly in the end and the show happens with smiles. Hope is not the assurance of good things in the future, but hope is a sense, a feeling, a belief that life and work and faith have meaning. Hope is a sense that God is good. Christian hope acknowledges that the sadness and the grief that punctuate our lives, they are not the end of the story. It's hard for me to imagine that I could strive for something, anything, if I did not carry hope within me. For me, I think life would feel empty, even boring without hope. But having hope, Jesus tells us, having hope allows us to peek into heaven, to look into that crack and get just a sense, not the full view, but just a glimpse of what it looks like. And we don't even have to go to the mountaintop or Niagara Falls to experience it. We're fine right here. Because we can find hope in the anticipation you experience when you smell that bread baking. In the way your spirit is lifted when you imagine the tulip bulb in spring, we can find hope in rumors of peace settlements, the anticipation of a visit from a grandchild. Or maybe, maybe, heaven and hope are a little like laughter, laughter in a time and a place when you least expect it. It was maybe 17, 18 years ago I was standing with a family in a cemetery at the graveside of a loved one. I was on one side of the casket and they on the other. And to make matters even more dismal, it was raining and the sky seemed to hang 10 feet above us. Many of you know that graveside services can be some of the most poignant and tender moments in someone's life. Yet it was in that gray and dismal moment, as I stood there holding my service book in one hand and an umbrella over my head, I realized that some of the family was smiling at me. A couple of the teenagers off to the side, they were smirking at me. And I kept on with the liturgy, and then finally some of them were beginning to giggle. I'd never experienced anything like this before. Service book in one hand, umbrella in the other, and I looked up and I thought, oh, no. Because facing out at the family was a frowning Teddy Weatherbear on the front of my umbrella. I had, gra I had taken my preschool daughter Caroline's umbrella quickly as I rushed out that morning to the graveside service. 
And then the, finally, the family, with me as red-faced as I was, was actually just laughing. And later told me it was a moment of release for them, unintentional on my part, embarrassing still to this day. But sometimes, maybe, maybe the kingdom of hope is like the gift of laughter when it is least expected, but so dearly welcomed and needed. I think we're to take Jesus' words, those little parables, those vignettes, as a challenge to us. It would have been natural to think that the kingdom of heaven or hope is like the grand moments of life, the mountaintop experiences, but Jesus seems to charge you and me with discerning the signs of hope and, he and heaven that are hidden in the experience of everyday life. And he says if we pay attention to these signs, small seeds that are planted, yeast that brings about bread, that they might just remind us of the, what is truly priceless in life. They might remind us of what is of true value. They might remind us of hope. Maybe a seed, maybe a baby in diapers, a tulip bulb or a class list of students, laughter when we least expect it but most need it. And yes, people gathering together to walk to raise awareness of the tragedy of hunger in an abundant world. Each and every one of these is a hopeful treasure buried near us. So Jesus has asked us a very simple question. Are we willing to dig? I trust that we are. Because we should remember Jesus' words that in these signs of hope, we get a glimpse of heaven. Indeed, the earth is crammed with heaven. May we pay attention as we walk. Amen.